As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to MAF Sports Take. Whether it's breaking news or sports business, this is your home for unmuzzled and unconventional sports talk. With assistant general manager, director of player personnel, and three-time world champion on his resume, David Turner has a thing or two to teach you about pro football. At his side is Ryan Roberts, former college football player, football coach, and NFL Draft Bible's director of scouting. Together, they're here to take you on a deep dive into what goes on in the world of sports. Ryan and David, take it away. Welcome to Mavs Sports Take. This is episode 47, your weekly podcast for sports business and a whole lot more. Here we tackle the business of all the news that you hear about in the sports world and a lot that you also do not. Tonight, me and my host, Joe DeLeon, will be talking the NIL, which is, of course, is the name, image, likeness movement that we are seeing recently. Shikari Richardson's suspension due to marijuana and an interview with Sam Houston State punter, Matt McRobb. Before we begin, we want to let you know that Maverick Sports Consulting would like to say that if you're a college looking to improve your recruiting department to maximize the transfer portal, high school recruiting, and junior college transfers to turn your program around quickly, David Turner has 19 years of personnel experience, 10 years NFL experience, managing college scouting departments, as well as pro personnel departments. Mavericks is a primed and ready to work with your existing staff and coaches to build you a recruiting department that will mirror your efforts in the coaching department. Let David and Maverick Sports Consulting assist you building a championship team in 2021. So, Joe, so real quick before we go, if, if this is your first time <laughs> listening, we thank you so much for jumping on here at Mavs Sports. Day. Usually I'm joined, of course, by the great David Turner, 19-year scouting vet across the NFL, CFL, Arena League, three straight Arena League championships with the Arizona Rattlers. Unfortunately, he can't be with us tonight, so I had to get a co-host in here, of course, and it is Mr. Joe DeLeon, who does a lot of the stuff behind the scenes for Mavs Sports, uh, Mavs, Mavs Sports Take. For the people that don't know, he also is the host of the Believe in NFL Draft Prospect podcast that I am a part yes, of. Sir. 
And we have a specialist coming on for our interview tonight. So I had to get the resident you're specialist. Not, you're not going to plug the Believe in FCS football podcast and we're having an oh, FCS guy on? Like, what are, I, what are we doing here, Ryan? You should have let me open. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no. I completely spaced that. I'm we're also kidding. having an FCS <laughs> national champion from the first ever spring season on the FCS level. So, of course, that's another layer to why we have Joe on here. Joe, I know that the FCS is very close to your heart, man. And I know that it was a crazy spring. I can't wait to get in with our guest now, which we're going to jump to right now because he's waiting so patiently in the waiting room for us. Bringing on Mr. Matt McRobert, who's a punter for Sam Houston State, two-time All-Southland Conference first-team selection and AP FCS second-team All-American in 2019. We also had him on the FCS Spotlight Show back during the summer. He originally is from Australia, trained by Pro Kicks, John Smith, and Nathan Chapman. Welcoming Matt McRobert to the show. Matt, appreciate you again, man. How's everything been going, brother? Very good. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on your show today. I appreciate it a lot. Absolutely, man. I know, I know I'm excited. Joe's excited. Everybody's really excited because this was obviously a very strange year, Matt, and I definitely want to talk a lot about that. But before we do, I know that you kind of highlighted when we did the FCS show, you know, just kind of your background. But for the people that haven't heard this story before, what took Matt McRobert from Australian, uh, Australian, from Australia to Sam Houston State as now an all-American punter? So for me, I was doing my bachelor's degree at the International College of Management, Sydney, and I was coming to the last term of that, and I was only 20 at the time, so I was kind of still young, if you want to say that, and I was, I'm, I don't want to work yet, I'm, I'm still young, I don't want to work, what can I do just to delay that a little bit? And I had the opportunity to have a tryout with Nathan Chapman uh, when he came to Sydney for a tryout day, and they really liked me, but they said, just finish your bachelor's degree first, it's the best thing moving forward. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to finish it and we're going to go from there. So I ended up finishing my bachelor's degree and then moving down to Melbourne to train with Pro Kick, uh, Pro Kick Australia. And I trained for about four months. And after that, I had the opportunity to come here uh, to Texas to play with Sam Houston State and get my first master's degree. And now I'm doing my second master's degree. That's insane, man. I, I actually have a question about the <laughs> master's degree later, Matt, but I kind of wanted to talk real quick about the lineage because – you know, I feel like every year now when I'm interviewing specialists going into the NFL, we're talking about the Australian pipeline that's continued to become more and more prevalent. I mean, I just talked to James Smith this last uh, last cycle that, of course, was out of Cincinnati, All-American punter. For you, what's it mean to you just to know that you're a part of that movement, a part of the pipeline, and to continue to have great Australian specialists to go from you know overseas to college football to the professional ranks? Uh, the thing that I took most to heart and what I was like really proud of is that we've already signed the next Australian punter to come play at Sam Houston. And I, one thing I really wanted to do is make sure that pipeline continued here at Sam. Uh, you know, I think going forward, the Australians just have that edge over the American punters uh, with the versatile uh, ability we have in our kicking. So I was really proud to see Jake, who's the next Australian punter, he's coming in spring. And I actually get to train him for the first couple of months here. So it'll be good for that. But the, the wave of the Australian punters is unreal. There's kids in every state, in every school. And we've got an Alabama guy coming in uh, this fall. Georgia's got a guy coming in, like some of the big SEC school teams. It's even a couple of uh, FCS teams. I think Richmond has got a punter this past week. Obviously, Sam's getting another punter. McNeese is getting a punter coming in tomorrow. So it's really good to see both levels, FBS and FCS, the Australian pipeline is dominating. 
So Matt, taking a look at this past season where you guys were, were so successful on the field, it, it obviously in the spring, different circumstances than what the, the FBS programs had dealing with COVID, having all these protocols. Those programs have a lot more money and a lot more resources to track that stuff. So for you at Sam Houston State, what was the season like for you? Like how difficult was that? And I, I'm just kind of throwing this in there from my perspective as a specialist. When every time I snapped and every time I still snap, like I lick my hands when I touch the, the football, I would be paranoid <laughs> of, of getting COVID just from doing that during practice. Like, is that stuff that kind of went through your mind on like, I need to be a little bit more careful. I need to you know stay away from certain guys. Yeah, certainly you have to be safe. You have to be precautious because if you had COVID or got contact trace, that's two games. And initially it was a six game season. You lose two games. That's 33% of your season. Like, that's no fun at all. Um, so certainly was very aware of who I was hanging out with, who, what I was doing. You know, you had to limit yourself. Being a punter, you don't have to train with anybody. You can just go kick the ball. So I found that as a bit of a blessing just to be able to train by myself, but as long as with the other specialists who were careful too. Um, but, you know, the spring season was tough. We didn't have a facility. We didn't have a locker room. So every day we carried our pads and helmets to training. Uh, we had nowhere to place our stuff. It was just all in the bleachers. So I think mentally and yeah, probably mentally be the best word. Like that was really good for us as a team. And on our national championship ring, we actually have a symbol of person holding their pads and helmets with the Texas logo on the background. So that's pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. No, and that, that's a perfect, you know, kind of move to my next question, Matt, is I wanted to ask about the national championship. Of course, hey, congratulations again. I obviously congratulated you before we started. But just kind of keeping that season in mind, all the – negativity, pushing back into the spring and trying to navigate all the trials and tribulations that Joe kind of highlighted a little bit, knowing now that you can look back and say, not only did we handle everything from an individual basis the best we could, but we came out of it as the cream of the crop on the FCS level yeah. as a national championship, um, as a national champion. How rewarding is that? And just looking and kind of thinking about that, how surreal was this season? Yeah, that was amazing. Uh, it's funny. You see a lot of people saying, oh, should this be an asterisk? Does this year even count? I mean, we went through COVID. We had uh, the snowstorm here. We had, for example, myself and my roommate, we had no water for 35 days because of the snowstorm. We went wow. through a lot of no facility, carrying our pads and helmets every day. When you start to put all these things together, it's like we nearly deserve a crown too. Uh, <laughs> it was a, a full-on season with a lot of like outside adversity, but as a team, we were just so focused on the goal. We knew we had a good team, and fortunately, we were successful enough on the field to show that as a result. You know, talking on that adversity, here you are yet again. You guys are going to be, you know, flipping your focus from having that really long, weird off season, dealing with the d difficult circumstances that you mentioned, and now you guys, after winning a national championship, finishing up in I think it was May when you guys won that national championship. Now you guys are getting ready for for a fall season. Like, what is that at all? Maybe not for a specialist as much because, you know, you guys, if you take a little bit of time off and rest your leg, you can get rolling for camp pretty quickly. But, like, is it a little daunting knowing that the season's coming up so soon? Oh, like you said, like a specialist, it doesn't really wear on our body. So I'm excited to get back into it. I'm excited to be around the games and the atmosphere of four ball again. Um, you know, we're right now we're in summer workouts, which is as full on as it's been. It's intense. You know, we know we all have the X on our back now for that big game. They're playing Sam Houston, the, the champion team. But, you know, we got pretty much the whole team coming back. So we're really ready for fall. I think we got a good team and we want to prove that this year wasn't a fluke. We got the team to prove it wasn't. And I truly believe we can go back to back. And, and I know a lot of people are obviously going to, you know, try to put the asterisks next to the, mm -hmm. the season, like you said. But I mean, looking forward now, you know, 
national championship. And the and the usually the weird thing, well, I don't want to say weird. Usually the thing is like, okay, we won a national championship. Then a lot of guys graduate, and we got to break in new starters. Luckily, I mean, you have all your guys coming back pretty much for the most part. The whole team is ready to go, like you said, for the back-to-back. What is just kind of the camaraderie around this team, knowing that, like, the core is intact. Everybody's ready to go, and we're ready to chase that second one. Well, every starter we had last season is coming back. Every person who started in any of the finals games all come back. So, I mean, you know, that really puts us, even with a bigger pinpoint on our back, for that is the team. They're still all here. But the camaraderie is cool. Like, <clears throat> excuse me, last uh, Monday last week, we got to go on a parade around town and we were all on top of fire trucks and confetti was going crazy. And, you know, just going through those kind of things, I think, would motivate us because the next day we're out there running and conditioning in Texas heat, which isn't ideal. But, you know, those feelings that you go through as a team after winning a national championship, like you've reached the pinnacle. You don't want to settle for anything less than that pinnacle. You want to be there again. And, you know, you never really say you want to go back to back. But reality is that's what we're aiming for. And we have the team to do that this season. And I want to ask about education for a second, because obviously, you know, it is phenomenal that, you know, you mentioned, you know, you get your bachelor's and then you have the ability to get a master's degree. So before I ask about the next master program that you're involved in here for a second, can you just kind of give us a little background of you as a, as a, as a student for a second? What have you majored in? What are your degrees in so far? So for me, I did my bachelor's back in Australia in sports management. Um, you could have told me anything about science, maths, English. It's in one ear, out the other. Uh, <laughs> I really didn't like anything to do with anything unless it was sport. Sport was always been like my between my eyes. It's always been my focus. It's always been something I wanted to do. Um, and I was never really good at any sports back home to play professionally. So what do you do? You just you study sports management. It's the closest thing to being able to play. And so one of the big things about coming to Sam Houston was I could do my master's in sports management. Um, if I went to any other place besides Texas, I wasn't able to do another master's. My degree didn't transfer well, not too sure why. So I'm like, there's no point to go play in California, for example, play for two years and complete half a uh, undergrad degree. It's like, that's kind of just wasting time from both perspectives. Let's get a master's degree. Let's get something out of this. And I was able to get my first master's degree and I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like I got a master's degree <laughs> and then I'm doing classes in the spring of 2020, just some casual ones just to fill in time and COVID hits. And now I'm hearing that I can have an extra year. I'm like, oh, I got about a year and a half time. I can get my second master's degree. And right now I have one more class in the fall and I have my second master's degree now in human and sport performance. So yeah, I'm a very, very lucky guy right now. I was going to ask about it's sort of like a blessing in disguise to a degree because like I mean it's not ideal obviously dealing with everything you had to deal with but like the fact that like you're going to walk now out of Sam Houston potentially with two master's degree and a bachelor's behind you from home it's got to feel nice knowing that like something good has come out of all this uncertainty. Definitely I mean it's been frustrating time I haven't been home in nearly 18 months now but Having in my back pocket two master's degree and then in my front finger a national championship ring isn't too bad to walk back into Sydney Airport with. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of the last thing I wanted to ask you, Matt, before we let you go here is I know eventually and and obviously, you know, from David's time as an NFL scout and obviously the work I do from the NFL draft perspective, you're a guy that I have my eyes on as one of the specialists potentially now for 2022 down the line. So just kind of end you here, just the – just knowing eventually you might have the opportunity to play professionally, whether that is in, Hey, the NFL, if we're going up North, if we're playing in the XFL, when it comes back, like whatever you're playing professional football, how much of a dream has that been? And kind of ultimately looking forward, what type of blessing will that be for you? 
I mean, from looking perspective of mine, from a guy who never watched a college game before even coming here, my first ever game watching a college game was my first ever game live. To now uh, being able to be an All-American, kind of like realizing that potential and realizing the drive that I have as an individual to be successful, you know, that's certainly the goal. Uh, it's, there's only 32 jobs in the world to be an NFL punter. You know, James Smith is as good as it gets. That's why he's at Tennessee right now. But, yeah, obviously it's a dream of mine. It's an ambition. But first of all, I just want to play good for the team. You know, if I can get it inside the 10, inside the 20, not hit a touchback, field position wins games. And, you know, that's ultimately what I try to do is just win my percentage of the game to help the team win the game. Um, and I'll take any team accolades over individual accolades. But, you know, that NFL is the dream. Uh, and that would be amazing to get. But it's still a long way to go first. Yeah. No, I mean, absolutely. And I, I love that excerpt, Matt, because I will say there's a lot of debate over – you know, percentage of passes, percentage of runs, what wins football games. The two things that really win football games are, one, you just talked about it, the, yeah. the spot on the field, man. You got yeah. you to win. The, you know, you want to create long fields for the opposing mm-hmm. opposition. And the number two is time of possession. So Definitely. love it. Fantastic work. All-American punter again, Matt McRobert out of Sam Houston State. National champion who is going to go back-to-back hopefully this fall, going to beat Joe's Rhode Island team if they ever get their stuff together. But we really appreciate you. Yeah, I'm sorry, Joe. I had to throw it in there. But Matt, really appreciate it so much, man. This was fantastic. Just get a little bit of insight, brother. I appreciate you so much and wishing you the best of luck in the fall. Thank you so much for having me on. You guys have a good day. Thanks, Matt. All right. So, again, Matt McRobert, punter from Sam Houston State. Joe, FCS, man, it's, it's, you just can't get away. No matter what you do, it always comes back to the FCS. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> I want to talk about, or I always like to talk about how these guys played and, and getting to hear from the perspective of somebody who was a part of a, a roster that did so much and had to deal with so much adversity. And I, I didn't even know about the whole water thing, the fact that those That's guys were, were dealing with that. And I forgot about the fact that they were dealing with renovations to their locker room. So every game they traveled to or every home game, they were getting dressed in the stands like that. That had to have been a total mess to deal with. So just to hear what they went through, it it really makes me appreciate that they were able to win that national championship. Absolutely. And obviously it was a crazy chaotic season, but it ended the right way for Matt McRobert and Sam Houston. And I agree completely like that. That was one thing that when he said it, I'm pretty sure I you know said something out loud because I was just like, I didn't even consider that. Cause like you heard about the snowstorm, you heard about, you know, no running water and electricity and all that type of stuff, the lack of thereof and just kind of hearing it firsthand for someone that experienced it just kind of puts everything into perspective a little bit. And Puts perspective of the love of game, honestly, too, man. Because, like, can you imagine, like, going, like you just said, like going through all this stuff, trying to play in a football game, a lot of stuff that's happening here. And we're going to dig into a little more of some of the newest topics around the sporting world before we do as the world starts to open back up and workers return to the office, uh, sorry, to the office place of work. Are you looking how to improve team dynamics? Maverick Sports Consulting is here to help you welcome your employees back to the workplace with some team-building exercises. We will bring your company back together in an energetic way, a way that will motivate them to work together in person again. We are excited to help you welcome back your company to the in-person work environment. Sign up today at mavericksportsconsulting.com. So, Joe, a couple topics that we want to talk about before we get out of here a little bit. I know... You guys have been talking about it at the Believe in, and Believe in FCS Prospect Podcast. I know that it is a point that I think David and James Kirkland also talked about in last week's episode. 
of course, that's the, the main topic has been name, image, likeness. And um, for people, unless you've been living under a rock, you know that now student athletes are have the ability to make money off of their name, right? The, the money that they are able to accrue from their image, their name, their social media following, basically – uh, basically companies and uh, you know markets are going to invest in them, in the people, in the player. So Joe, I haven't talked to you about this. So I would love to just maybe kick it off with your perspective um, to, to begin here. It, it's obviously a monumental day. I know I've listened to some people talk about it and they, I feel like people kind of mix up things, right? Like I was talking to my dad. I don't mean to throw my dad under the bus, but like, he's like, it's like, Oh, these, these guys are getting paid to play. I'm like, no, that's not what's happening. They're not getting paid to play. They're getting paid for what they've built, their name, their their brands. Like that is what they're getting paid for. So maybe start out, Joe, just with your perspective, and I would love to build off of it. Right. And I think the first thing here that so many people don't realize that haven't had the chance to be a part of college football or know what these guys go through, they these guys do actually get some money to play. They, they get sure. a cost of attendance check, a stipend, to be at a, a big university, now smaller universities, FCS programs don't typically have those, but a school like a Maryland or in Illinois, they're going to have cost of attendance checks just for every member of the team so they can buy themselves food during the season, clothes, you name it, just so that they're, you know, they're not completely falling apart. But it, I, I think we've reached this point here where it's been so long that these guys who have, have massive brands – are, weren't able to make any money off of it, weren't able to take just a simple check. All they have to do is to post a picture of themselves on social media or just appear at the store uh, or, or restaurant, local restaurant once a week, that kind of thing. Sign something it, like memory. Right, ex exactly. Like That is something that has been overdue for so long. There's yeah. literally no reasoning for them not to have been allowed to do it. And I, the one thing I'm so supportive of it, and I, I think we're going to see so many guys truly benefit guys who are amazing college players but are not going to really have NFL careers get to actually cash out on on their name and their brand just because you know you you get you get guys like Johnny Manziel wasn't really going to pan out in the NFL but if he was able to profit off of his name image likeness the way that he got in trouble for by signing some autographs took $30,000 that's you know that's stuff that that should have been happening already the one thing i will say though and i think we're going to start to figure it out more and more is this really is only going to be available to a, a select percentage of guys on each team? I, I think that there was a bit of a misconception and not to knock any of the guys that were trying to put out there and say like, Hey, I'm open for business. Uh, guys just need to realize, Hey, look, if, if no one's reaching out to you, it's not a matter of disrespect. Nobody knows who you are. Uh, you know, this is a, you have to be an influencer. You have to have some value to this business. If you have 400 followers on Instagram, no one is going to pay you to post on social media. Even a thousand followers isn't really a lot right. in most circumstances. So this is a matter of if, turning yourself into a business, an influencer, a brand, and making money off of it. Guys are, need, are going to need to hustle. They're going to need to bust their ass. It's just going to be another aspect of the game if they want to actually make some money off of this stuff. couple points. <clears throat> One, you mentioned you know the brand and maybe cashing in for guys that aren't going to cash in down the road. Derek King is the kid that I yeah, kid, the young man that I keep coming back to because so from an NFL draft perspective, Derek King, when he makes the jump, I think he's a NFL athlete. I think that he is most likely probably a slot 
receiver slash player that can do a little bit of everything, right? Like he's not a true quarterback. But what he is now, and there's no debate over this, he is the starting quarterback for the University of Miami, the Hurricanes, which are one of the biggest brands in all of college football, rivaling the Alabamas, the Notre Dames, the USC's, like the Michigans. Those are the brands. And for him right now to be this dynamic dual-threat quarterback for the University of Miami, I've seen him, you know, he started a, a, a site where he is selling memorabilia. I think he's partnering with like four or five companies already. Right now, the ability for him to cash in for me is paramount because as soon as he gets drafted, because I think he's going to be like a day three pick, right? Mm-hmm. The 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 money and the maybe the 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 worth, I don't want to say worth because that sounds disrespectful a little bit, but the the monetary value. value, the monetary value that his name brings to him at the next level as a football player, I think is not going to be quite as high as it is now because he has the Miami, the U behind him, everybody, you know, that, that moniker of just being that guy and being able to cash in right now, brilliant. I, I yeah. and I, I feel like some guys are really taking advantage of it. I mean, we've seen the, the logos, especially, I think are pretty cool. Like, I, I, you know, that I have always pushed on Twitter for the longest time, even guys that are part of nice companies like you need to build your individual brands a part of the brands like it's not just like oh this is my company i'm just gonna put all my effort into building that brand like you need to build your personal brand too and i feel like guys that have built their personal brand kind of like you were saying are really the ones cashing in right now because they've done that due diligence they've done that work and now they're reaping the benefits of it right right and i just i still stand by that one point where there's going to be there's a lot of guys that are great college players sure. that have essentially gotten screwed by the fact that the NCAA was putting a restriction on something that didn't necessarily need a restriction on it. Yep. So for them now to be able to just take advantage of those opportunities, I think is is so so huge. Like you know the starting quarterback at like a school like in Eastern Michigan, yeah, that guy's probably not going to make it to the NFL. That guy, I don't even know who it is right now. You know, a guy like that. Already, are you going to oh, Pre- name it? Pre- Preston Hutchinson. Yeah, I was. Is he any good? Hey, he's pretty good. Solid back quarterback. I, I don't know. Why not an NFL he, kid? Not? Right. So a guy like that's not going to make it to the NFL. If he's lucky, he might get an XFL, USFL, CFL shot. Right. But someone like that at a small program who doesn't really necessarily do a whole lot won't get that big contract, that million, multi-million dollar contract to play in the NFL. But in Eastern Michigan, the local businesses around the university are going to be like, I, I want to give the the quarterback ten thousand dollars to appear at at my uh, at my restaurant or or appear on a poster like in, in the local market. I bet his name's big. I bet everybody's familiar with who he is, and everybody would just be proud and happy to see a guy like that showing up at their their various businesses. Let these guys cash out, get a few thousand dollars here and there. You know who just transferred to Eastern Michigan? It just came across my mind. Quarterback. I'm sorry, oh. you started the conversation. Do you, do you remember Rocky Lombardi that played at Michigan State? Do you remember him? Oh my God! Yeah, he was like a blonde hair, long hair yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, he's transferring <laughs> to Eastern Michigan. Yeah, he's at Eastern Michigan, but it was—it's so weird because, like, obviously he has. Oh, he's coming from Michigan State, so like he's a big school guy or whatever. But like, our starting quarterback, like I said, is a is a good player. So I don't know if he's going to be able to unseat him. Sorry, so sorry that was a weird segue. <laughs> I understand it. Just we're talking ball. So, um, Eastern Michigan, yes, great school. Um, but no, I, I agree completely. Um, I kind of put into the notes, like, do we want to talk about any pitfalls? I feel like he kind of highlighted that a little bit. It's, it's just some guys are going to be, unless they've been, and this is another point I wanted to make, unless some of these guys have been educated by their university and the program that about how to potentially cash in appropriately, 
I think some of these people, some of these kids, you mentioned it, like 300 followers or whatever it is, like they're a backup quarterback at, you know, all right, let's just stick with Eastern Michigan. They're a backup quarterback at Eastern Michigan. What is their worth, you know, for, as far as their brand? And I feel like some schools have really sold this. And I know that Notre Dame specifically has in their recruiting pitch. It's like, we want to be on the forefront of this. We will help you with the name image likeness stuff. And I feel like until every program is consistent with that viewpoint of like helping the student athletes, some kids are just going to have this big misnomer that like, Oh, that means anybody can make money off their name when it's not that way. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? I'm, I'm just, no, like, I, I, I do know that. what you mean. And, and yeah. building off of that, I, I think that we're going to see some potentially some really big programs that might falter a little bit because head coaches are, you know, is Matt still in the lobby? Yes. <laughs> just, <laughs> love it. I didn't know Matt was still tuning in. Matt, I love the uh, – yeah, he actually – that's a really good point. International students are not able to get NIL opportunities, which I think is completely Whoa. ridiculous that they are not. I, yeah, no yeah, that, I saw that pop up on my timeline, and that's something that needs – there's a Notre Dame player specifically, I think, who, who made a post about it saying that he can't profit off of anything, which is – a bit ridiculous that they they haven't been able to figure out some sort of way to, to work that in. I That's feel like bizarre. it's not That's it's bizarre. not too difficult. Matt, I, Matt, I appreciate you popping in that comment, man, because I had I honestly had no idea that that was the case for this situation. So that is yeah. there has to be a way to regulate that. So that's so you're saying like even so. I get why it's like that, right? Like it's oh we're in the U.S. What, what like all that type of stuff. I get it. But like a like, let's say it's a kid from Canada, right? That came down to play in the states. Like he's literally right there, and you're telling me that he can't make any money off of his name in the United States. That is bizarro. Right. I do not like that at all. Um, <laughs> well, but can, but continuing my uh, yeah, I continue my point though. I, I I do believe that we might see some programs out of nowhere falter a little bit because you know we're, we're not going to see coaches out and publicly say that they're against NIL stuff, but there are definitely some old school guys out there who are going to, you know, try and be extremely restrictive on their players inside the locker room. You're going to have a ton of transfers. You're going to lead to some issues. I think that will, that'll be an unexpected consequence if not every single head coach is, is on board with this. But the other thing as well, the, the reverse of that, the, I think the programs, the schools that have really good business programs and really, yeah. really good, um, they should offer courses print. for this. I'm sorry, to what, they should offer courses. Exactly. I think that we'll 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 see some sort of marketing and, and branding programs be really marketed to these guys by saying like like Notre Dame's a really good example. Yeah. They have a great business school. They've got a, a great marketing school. So when you bring a guy on a recruiting trip that has good grades, you say to him, Look, you can go to Alabama and, and it's gonna take you a little bit of time to play and yeah, you're going to, you know, you could probably compete for a national championship. No guarantee you get on the field. If you come here to Notre Dame, you could probably get on in the field sooner. And not to mention the fact that you're going to learn how to turn yourself into a business at a top elite level compared to any other school. Like that's going to be a huge selling point for, I think, institutions like Notre Dame, like Stanford, like Texas, all at Michigan, like schools that have naturally good academic programs, I think are going to do super, super well for all the recruits that are smart. Well, and that's where I was going to kind of end this conversation with is the fact of like, we'll talk about what's next. What's the longer, long-term, you know, outlook of this. It's like you just said, I think a lot of schools now are going to really up their game in recruiting because some of the schools that might have some, some, you know, there's some things with recruiting, whether like, 
we're going to continue to use Notre Dame because why not? We both know Notre Dame well. Notre, the negative to Notre Dame recruiting is the fact of that some students cannot qualify. And then it's cold weather states. Some people don't want to live in the Midwest, all that type of, like there's negatives to every school when you're talking about recruiting, things that maybe a, a potential recruit would knock for it, right? But Notre Dame or another ac- uh, institution in general that has, has, is, has the wherewithal and the kind of the, the voice to not only speaking about this and openly having a conversation about it, but also helping, offering those classes, I feel like that's a big bump in recruiting. And I think that that's going to give some guys legs up and the schools that don't take advantage of that and, and aren't open with it and aren't helpful with that conversation. I feel like we're going to hurt themselves moving forward because it's not, it's not, it's no longer, Hey, we need to play here for three to four to five years to set ourselves up for the next level. Some guys are going to be like, I can do that now during my college years. This It doesn't have to wait anymore. This is an extension of my livelihood, of my career. And I feel like teams can either, or programs, I should say, can either take advantage of this or they're going to fall to the wayside a little bit because they don't do their due diligence and they're not advocates of the athletes, right? So mm-hmm. just kind of ending the conversation there. Joe, you want to throw in anything else before our last topic of the day? No, I think that's a, a good note to end it on before we talk about another polarizing topic. Yes, very polarizing to say the least. Uh, this is the other huge conversation in the sports world now. Talking Shikari Richardson, who was a former LSU sprinter. She was the NCAA record holder, actually, while she was at LSU in the 100-meter dash, ran 10.75 in the 100, which at that time, at the age of only 19, made her one of the top 10 fastest women in the history of the sport. So fast forward to July 1st, it was reported that Richardson had tested positive for THC, which, of course, is the main components found in cannabis or marijuana, following her 100-meter final at the U.S. trials, which invalidated her results, according, and making her ineligible to compete in the 100-meter at the Olympics. Now, there were some back and forth, of course, but eventually they came back and they said, we don't care. The rules are the rules. We're not bending to it. So Shakari Richardson, despite being the best sprinter in the world right now, is not going to be competing at the Olympics and representing the USA. So, man, there's so many layers we can go on on this one, Joe. That's kind of why I wanted to talk about it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, to begin with, I, I, I want to phrase this correctly, okay? I want to phrase this correctly. Why is someone being subjected to not representing their country in the Olympics for marijuana? I want to start there. This is not a performance enhancing substance where it makes her a, and it makes her, you know, amplified for the lack of a better term. And, you know, it's, it's, it is, is an organic performance, right? This did not give her, it does not aid her in any way. And I saw someone post the best meme of all, not maybe not best, but one of the better memes I've seen recently of her at the finish line. And then it said something over it like, oh man, if only those other girls had, you know, smoked marijuana before, before the race, (laughs) they might've kept it like a, a, a stride length or something like that. This is my main frustration. And I know we're going to go back and forth with, Hey, it's a rule. It's not a rule, all that type of stuff. At the end of the day, someone got suspended to represent their sports in the biggest stage in the world 
because of a non-performance enhancing substance. I just can't wrap my mind around it. I don't understand that that, that mindset. I don't, I don't agree with it. I do not. I am not advocating for marijuana usage. I am not doing that. What I am saying is that this is not a performance enhancing substance. Why are we subjecting her to not be able to compete in something that she has worked hard her entire life to compete in? No, I, I, I do believe that, you know, there's two different pieces, two different parts to this, this conversation, because there's the one of, do you still knock her despite breaking a rule? And then the other side of it, of which you brought up, why is this a rule? And right. I, I completely agree with you. I mean, the times that I've consumed marijuana, I have not wanted to go anywhere or move. So I don't know how you're going to do it and then run. Um, and I guess she had it in her system way before doing it or something along those lines, if Joe, I'm correct. You've, you've smoked marijuana before? Are you kidding me right now? Uh, <laughs> is that illegal? <laughs> no, but look, look, my whole point here is I don't, I don't understand how that provides, as you said, any performance-enhancing benefits. It's it not going to make anybody run faster in any circumstance uh you know it, it's simply the fact that it's it's similar to why it was a law in the united states for so long and it still is in some states it's just it's just a really dumb old school form of thinking and you're not really going to be able to sway certain people's opinions because there's really a, a very limited logic to to provide an argument in favor of why it should be banned for athletes. It really doesn't make any sense to me. And the fact that the NFL finally said, hey, you know, we're just going to find these guys and we're not going to right. prevent them from playing, I think is perfect. I think that's how it should be done is that like, yeah, if you, we, we don't, it's not ideal. We don't want guys putting crap into their system because in a way it can bog you down a little bit at times and it can make you a little bit lethargic and you don't want guys showing up to the facility within their system. But besides yeah. the point, like I just, it's a very dumb old school way of thinking that is the reasoning why something like this is still around. There is not much of a coherent argument to support it. Yeah, I think the better way for myself to phrase my viewpoint was, and I think that you kind of encapsulated it pretty good there, it's not so much that it's a rule. It's not so much that, that people are subjected to the outcomes because they broke a rule. Like, I'm good with that. If there are rules set, you break it, you get the repercussions. That's fine. My biggest thing is, why is it, why is it the, the worst possible outcome for a one-time offense and to mm -hmm. something that is not performance enhancing? Why is it the most absolute worst possible outcome? Why aren't there tiers? Why isn't there a tier system to these outcomes? Like if you are bogging down on marijuana usage, that is your, that is their that's a prerogative. I'm not going to say anything about that. My problem is this one-time offense has now cost this young lady. Years and years and years of hard work. This isn't something where like a few weeks ago, she's like, you know, I'm going to go try to run in the Olympics. Like she's been preparing this her whole life. And for one time offense, the most absolute and worst possible outcome is the only repercussion. I just don't understand why there isn't some sort of tier system. There isn't like a multiple offense, like something. There's some type of, of, of way that we can distinguish between what is a one time offense and what is an actual problem. Yeah, and I, I think that this might be enough to open up the conversation for the Olympic Committee and trying to move past such an outdated way of thinking. But you know, the secondary part of this that I mentioned earlier, and I know this is something that people are going to disagree with me. I, 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 I do stand by the fact that I think it's ridiculous. It's a rule. But at the same time, if I'm Richardson and I know I'm getting drug tested yeah. before I perform, why would I do Not something wise. that's going to... 
Why would I do something like that that's going to pop up on a drug test? It's just like the guys who perform at the combine and show up with diluted urine, which, you know, is a, a little bit um a little bit different, but you know, you get guys that that show up um, you know, with with stuff in their system and they get flagged. Yeah. No, that's a good it's a, it's a good point and I mean honestly, there is definitely a I think there's a layer to it for Shikari that it's like why did you have to do it now? Like you knew you were going to get tested at some point, right? Or you knew that there was at least a chance of being tested. Like, why was that your decision now? I agree with that. My just whole thing, I keep coming back to it, is that like there needs to be a change to how these penalties are are, are put down on the on these athletes in general. I just feel like there's a flaw in the system. You mm-hmm. said archaic, which I think is a perfect way to phrase it. The, I mean I mean, I don't, I don't want to make this like political or get anything there, but like, it's even like some laws that are still and like some, some elements of our government where it's just like, that hasn't been changed since the 1700s. Like that stuff doesn't apply to us anymore. Why are we not changing with the times? Mm-hmm. Why are we not staying on top of what is important in society to a degree? And I think that there's just some layers of change that needs to happen with that. So I know we could go forever on that one, Joe, and I can't wait to get uh, David Turner back into this into the show next week because I want to hear his perspective because I've never talked to David about that. And I know it's something that kind of just got popped up a little bit. So I look forward to kind of his perspective. I'm going to give Joe kind of a you know 30-second shout-out opportunity in a second. Before I do, I just want to thank everybody that is tuned into Map Sports Take podcast on a week-to-week basis, no matter what podcast platform you use. We would appreciate a like, share, comment, any type of interaction. If you want to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we would very much appreciate it so much. We'll be back again, same time, same next, same time, same place next week, live streaming on Mav Sports Take, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook, bringing you everything that you need to know in the sports world. I'm going to give this a 30-second shout-out time. Joe, anything you want to leave the folks with? At Joe DeLeon, at NFL Prospects Pod. Go follow both of them or or else. Or else. Or else what? <laughs> or else what? But I, I w- I'm going to block you. <laughs> I'm going to block you. But I will reiterate that. I know David cuts me off a lot when I start talking about 2022 NFL Draft. But if you want to follow everything that we are doing at the Believe in NFL Draft Prospect Podcast, follow Believe Podcast in general. Just got verified, by the way, um, over there. So Believe is doing a lot of great things to say the least in the network i mean what, what are their joe like over 200 shows right like it's well yeah, close network. to 300 and, and we've got shows. some fantastic names that are on the network wayne Corbett, uh isaac bruce um uh you know, that's just a couple to name, name a few and like there's a there's a tons of big names and if like if you're curious does this guy have a podcast i bet you he's got a podcast on our network isaac bruce is on the podcast are you lying to me right now Unless I'm mixing him up with uh, no, that's the right that's the right Ram Rams receiver. Who is the other? Um, yeah, it's not Tory Holt. It's Isaac Bruce. He does the Rams oh, podcast. Dude, you need to connect me with Isaac Bruce. He's one of my favorite players of all time. I'm I'm not going to do that. Okay, good. Right, but <laughs> but what you can do as a listener, follow everything that Mavs Sports Take has coming out there. MavisSportsConsulting.com. We appreciate you all so much. I appreciate my good friend Joe D. Leo for sitting in for David Turner today. We thank you all. See you again, same time, same place next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of Mav Sports Take. Connect with us on social media, share your thoughts on today's episode, and tell us what we should take on next time on Mav Sports Take. 
Want more from our hosts, David and Ryan? Visit maverickSportsConsulting.com and learn how we can help you take the next step in your sports career. Until next time, this is Mav Sports Take. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.